Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Convincing Coffee Break with me, Mandy Brown, and Richard Snape. Hello. Today, we're going to be talking about the Building Safety Act and qualifying leaseholders. And this follows on from a recent course we ran on the Building Safety Act. And I understand, Richard, today you'll be dwelling on what the caps are and what the definition of a qualifying leaseholder is something we're all very keen to get some clarity on. So perhaps firstly, you can explain what the caps are. Yeah, I'm not sure clarity is the right word. It's the most bizarre piece of legislation I've ever come across. So this is just one small part of the Building Safety Act in Part 5. It's basically about the remediation schemes. Sections, to be precise, sections 116 to to 125 of the legislation. So it's only a very small section uh, part of the legislation. One bizarre thing about it, I should stress, is the Building Safety Act applies to England and Wales. And for the most part, the provisions they I'm going to talk about it came to force in June the 28th. In July of last year, July the 21st, we had some building safety leaseholder protections, England regulations, which, you know, time doesn't permit going through today, perhaps for another time. We're still waiting for the Wales regulations. The, the Welsh uh, Parliament um, voted by like 28 to 27 not to adopt them. So we're in a state of limbo as to the detail of Wales, although and say the provision was due, you know, strictly apply. But I'll sort of dwell on the English side of things today. Shall I give you the background? That would be very helpful, thank you. Yeah, well, it's obviously all post-Grenfell legislation, and it was um, something that changed in the passage of the Building Safety Bill through Parliament. And I remember talking about the bill back in sort of late 2021. The, the version that came in into force, it received the Royal Assent on April the 28th last year. This part of it bears no resemblance whatsoever to what the original version was saying. Uh, quite separate from the Act itself, the government have said that they'll pay funding towards uh, removal of uh, cladding from buildings if they're 18 metres or more in height or seven or more storeys. 18 metres usually equates with about six storeys. And they resurrected uh, something called the Building Safety Fund in, in July of last year. If the building is 11 metres or more, but less than 18 metres or seven or more storeys, then the government's uh, budget, the building industry, and there's about 48 builders last time I saw, who uh, have agreed to pay for the removal of cladding. And again, in England, I think there's 10 builders in Wales have agreed, but uh, in England, we are, they've been given until March the 13th, whatever that is, two and a half weeks from now, to actually uh, sign up to contracts and likes to start uh, the process of paying for the removal of cladding. So this is nothing to do with external cladding. It's safety work outside external cladding, which basically is things like stopping the spread of fire. Including safe, uh, fire safety equipment and uh, potential collapse uh, building materials, which are unsuitable, if you like. And uh, it applies to buildings which are 11 meters or more in height or seven or more stories. The first thing, inevitably, loads of people have been asking me about is how do you decide whether something's 11 meters or more in height? You're supposed to ignore, it's from the ground floor level, so no basements, and you're supposed to ignore any stories which are solely for plant and machinery. Well, there's a lot of, well, it's not a lawyer's job, quite honestly, it's not a conveyancer's job. You need a surveyor who's got laser equipment and likes to come and sort of measure the height, but even then there's problems if it's on a slope or something the building but i would be guided by surveyors as to what the actual height is in any case the mortgage companies seem to want to know want you to ask questions about the 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 legislation regardless of the height of the building which is again rather strange but basically the starting point is that uh, the developers should pay for any safety work 
outside the removal of cladding. If the developer can't be found, well, associated companies, that definition was actually changed and widened on February the 9th, you know, holding companies, sister companies and the likes might be liable to pay. If there is nobody by way of the developers who uh, has to pay, including the associated companies, then the building owner would be responsible for safety work, but only if they and their associates, again, so you have to find out all about the associates' worth, have net worth of £2 million or more per affected building. Let's say there's the new landlord certificates that have been introduced, ask various questions about that. So what if the developer is no longer in existence and the building owner doesn't have the net assets? Well, again, it can be the developer and any associates, companies and the likes, but uh, there's going to be a cap in those circumstances. This is where the, the real high strangeness comes in and how much service charge you can charge to long leaseholders for the safety work. And the cap's going to be £10,000 in any 10-year period is the maximum you can charge in £1,000 in any year or £15,000 in, in London. And that goes back, you know, the legislation again came into force on June the 28th last year, and that goes back five years. So you know, the 10-year period goes back to 2017. If your flat is worth between one and two million pounds, the cap will be £50,000. And if it's more than £2 million, it will be £100,000. But there again, you're a very lucky person. And if the flat is worth less than 175000 or 325000 in London, you can't charge anything on 11 metre or more high buildings for safety work to flats. So what is the definition of a qualifying leaseholder? Basically, it's got to be a lease of more than 21 years uh, of, a, of a dwelling. And uh, the lease must have been in existence on February the 13th, 2022. The strangest thing about it is that everything crystallises on February the 14th, 2022, Valentine's Day, a nice touch from the government there. It's not you know, whether you're a qualifying leaseholder today, it's whether the person who held the lease on February the 14th, 2022, as a qualifying leaseholder. They can own up to three dwellings, not just flats, but dwellings in the UK, not just England, but in the whole of the UK. And they can all claim for their main residence, their principal home. And you might need to produce evidence of that you know, from utility bills and bank statements and the likes. But uh, they can claim for the principal home always. But if they've got more than three dwellings in the UK, they can only claim for the principal home. And obviously that's bad news if you're an investor. You know, if you've got lots of dwellings, you're not going to get the benefit of any of the caps. Do you want to know how you assess the price, the value of the property? I think our listeners would find that useful. Well, again, it's not the value of the property today, you know, at the time of the conveyance, let's say. It's the value of the property on February the 14th, uh, 2022. If the property has been sold, if the flat's been sold on the open market after December the 31st, not a big conveyancing day, but 2020, prior to February the 14th, 2022, then the purchase price, as long as it's uh, on the open market, will be the deemed price. If it was prior to 2022, you're supposed to look at official copies and find the last time it was sold. And then there's a statutory formula and scheduled to the leaseholder protection regulations, whereby you can calculate what it's likely to be worth on February the 14th, 2022. But the strangest thing of all, and the thing that people seem to have missed, is that everything crystallizes on February the 14th, 2022. If the person 
who owned a flat on that day didn't qualify for those reasons. They got more than three properties in the UK, say. It wasn't their main residence. Then uh, the purchaser, post-February the 14th, 2022, doesn't qualify, even if it is their main residence, and vice versa. Now, if it was your main residence on February the 14th, 2022, and you sell, the purchaser, you know, it doesn't matter if they got half a dozen properties and they're not going to have it as the main residence, they seem to still qualify. Shall I give you an example from the government's uh, guidance? I think that would be... Lots of people have got it wrong. So it's the government guidance on the qualifying dates. It is, you know, the guidance is just for England, but it gives an example. It's example seven, and it says this. You own a flat with a a relevant building, which was not your main home on 14th of February 2022, and you own more than three properties in total. So you can't claim on the basis it's your main residence. You've got four properties. You can't, on the face of it, claim you sell your flats. Although the future buyer is intending for the flat to be their only or main home, the lease remains non-qualifying as the lease's qualifying status was determined on February the 14th. 2022. It seems, as I say, it seems just absolutely bizarre. It must have a massive effect on property prices if somebody who didn't qualify is selling to somebody who does qualify. And there's a lot of safety work needs to be remedied. It's obviously going to massively affect value and vice versa. It's going to affect people's ability to get mortgages and the likes. Um, the idea that uh, you did qualify on February the 14th and you sell to an investor who's got dozens of properties, they also qualify. Strange. So I think you've probably cheered up everybody's um, everybody's day now. So finally, how do you define qualifying time? Yeah, qualifying time is is basically February the fourteenth, twenty twenty two, in section one one nine of the Act. That's when everything's decided, and it doesn't matter what happens afterwards. So as time goes on, it's going to be increasingly likely to be the case that the person selling the flat is not the person who. You have to decide whether they were a qualifying leaseholder. So a date for increasing significance for, for everybody concerned. Yes, yes, I shall celebrate every year. But uh, yeah, there we go. Okay, well, thank you. Um, thank you very much again, Richard, for probably scaring a lot of people. Just so you know, recordings of all our courses can be found on our website at www.lawshoreinsurance.co.uk. And you can also sign up for invitations to future CPD conferences, free ones with Richard. So Richard, thank you again. And until next time. Thanks a lot. You have been listening to another episode of Convincing Coffee Break, the only podcast for busy convincing professionals brought to you by Lawshore Insurance Brokers, an award-winning UK provider of title insurance. For more information on our free conferences, go to www.lawshoreinsurance.co.uk where you can download recent conference recordings.